0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. One of the best ever, and it's always great to have him on the show, Ray Dittinger. Welcome, Ray. It's always a pleasure. I hope you are well, and Happy New Year.
1: Uh, Happy New Year to you, Steve. Good to be with you again.
0: All right. So the league is designed to have these successes and dips you get draft picks and last place schedules and things like that. The Eagles have taken advantage of some of this stuff. As you've watched it play out, was there anything along the way that with this group that it surprised you? Um,
1: yeah, the turnaround. You know, um, the fact that at two and five, um, at two and five, things look pretty bleak <laughs> with this team, uh, especially when you had a rookie head coach that no one really knew anything about coming in. Uh, at 2-5, and and coming off a couple of really bad losses, um, I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't even think Nick Sirianni was going to finish the year. Uh, I mean, they were talking about, oh, when's Jeff Lurie going to admit this is a terrible mistake and this guy goes in over his head and, you know, okay, which, which of the assistant coaches are you going to promote to finish out the season? I mean, those yeah. conversations were actually taking place. Uh, so to think that here you are at 9-7, and seven, already locked up a playoff position, um, and looking ahead to, to the postseason, is is pretty remarkable turnaround. It really is when you consider you know Nick Sirianni went from being a guy that looked like he had one foot out the door to being a guy that's now being talked about as maybe coach of the year.
0: Right. Uh, you and I both know, just from personal experience, everybody grows into jobs, right? Sure. Yeah, uh, you know, they grow into jobs. So if we've watched now Nick Sirianni. Where have we seen some of that growth in him?
1: Oh, uh, well, clearly the, the redesign of the offense. I mean, that was, um, I mean, that was pretty remarkable what he did. I mean, through the first part of the season, the offense just – and the offense is his baby, really. Uh, and, and it just seemed to have no direction. It, uh, first part of the season, I mean, they had the one Monday night game they played down in Dallas – where the running backs actually carried the ball three times in the entire game, yeah, I mean it was I, I mean it was just ridiculous, I mean the play calling was just uh I mean you couldn't imagine what he was thinking i mean at at the end of the game, then somebody pointed out that the running backs had carried the ball three times, and he looked sort of stunned. Uh, and then he spent the rest of the week saying, "Yeah, you know, looking back on that, maybe I should have run the ball a little more." Uh, and so that was that was the kind of thing. I said, "Oh man, is this guy in over his head?" Uh, but then you know, when when they got to two and five, and it was obvious that the young quarterback was was a little overwhelmed by what he was being asked to do, which was basically everything. Um, he decided, you know what, you know, the strength of our team really kind of is the offensive line. You know, we're really good up front. So you know, why don't we just start? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't we start running the ball? <laughs> you know why don't we start why don't we start uh, strapping it onto the, the the backs of these offensive linemen we got some pretty good backs here we got a really good offensive line uh why don't we start running the ball and uh, you know maybe we can uh, maybe we can kind of win games that way and in the process take some of the pressure off our young quarterback and bingo you know that you know that change in philosophy Uh, Along with, and, you know, admittedly, you got to admit, the the schedule became a lot easier on the back end. Uh, But those two things together took this team from nowhere to now into the playoffs. All
0: right, so let's get into the young quarterback for a moment. We had a four game sample size with him last year. As time has gone, what have you liked about him and where are there areas needed for growth?
1: Well, um, he's certainly improved, um, but that's. You know, I mean you could say that throughout his whole career. I mean, he, you know, when we first saw him playing at Alabama, uh I mean when you know, he looked like he really looked like a running back playing quarterback. I mean, yes. he really uh I mean his uh just his passing his mechanics were just way so far out of whack that you just wondered if he could ever really be a functional quarterback. Uh, but then from when he left Alabama and he went to Oklahoma, he clearly was working at it because he got better. Uh, and then he came to the NFL, and two years in, he's continuing to work at it, and he's getting better still. Now he's, you know, he's still not, he's still not a picture perfect quarterback. He's still not a thread the needle passer, really. Um, but he's a pretty dynamic runner, uh, and uh, and part of the reason why the running game has worked so well is that. Uh, he's he's a runner that you have to account for as a defender. I mean, it's not just a matter of the running backs you have to account for. I mean, every time every time they line up, you have to account for him as a potential runner. And um, the, the, he, it makes this team a very tough team to defend. Um, now, what he has to be, he just has to continue developing as a quarterback. But you saw this year that when they went through this offensive transition, and again, I give Sirianni a lot of credit for seeing what had to be done and implementing it on the fly. Which, he, which is a hard thing to do in the NFL, but he did it. Uh, once they did that, and, and it, it didn't all fall on Hurts to, to just do everything out of the shotgun, but they were able to run a lot of play-action stuff. Uh, all of a sudden, you began to see him settle in the pocket and get better mechanics and become a much better passer. And, you know, these last, um, the last three or four games, since he had a really bad game up in New York, the game where he turned it over through three interceptions, right. that was really bad, and uh, came out of that with an injury, missed a game. Uh, and then, you know, Gardner Minshew came in and actually had a good game against the Jets, and there were a lot of people that said that the Eagles should make a quarterback change. <laughs> and, uh, and Sirianni said, no, 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 we're, g- we're going to go back to Hertz," and, and he's come back, and since then, uh, he's completed almost 67% of his passes and only thrown one interception. So, um, I mean, he's really improving as a passer. He's not, you know, he's still got a ways to go, but he's certainly improved from where he was when we saw him in Tuscaloosa.
0: They also helped themselves in the draft when they got Devontae Smith. Yep. Yeah, it's one one thing to see a guy on TV, but then you finally get to see him in practical application in person. What has impressed you about Devontae Smith? Everything. <laughs> yeah, Everything. I agree.
1: I, 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 I've, I've often said I can't remember the last time I was this excited about an Eagles draft pick. I mean, I, I think... Uh... When they and I give the general manager Howie Roseman credit, I mean he pulled off the trade on draft night that he jumped ahead, jumped ahead of the Giants. Uh, the Giants were all set to take Devontae Smith. I mean that's they were, they were all in on Devontae Smith, uh, and uh, and Howie Roseman and the Eagles wanted them too, and uh, they made the trade with the Cowboys. That you know, not often you make trades within your division, but they traded yeah. with the Cowboys to jump ahead of the Giants, and they got Devontae Smith and. Uh, Boy, has he made a difference. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, um, the receiver core here, just they just weren't good enough. I mean, they just couldn't get open. They weren't, they weren't reliable catching the ball. Um, they were generating very, very little out of the passing game. Uh, and even though they had invested some high draft picks in it, some of the guys just hadn't developed, really. Uh, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has given them nothing. Um, you know, Jalen Rager, last year's first pick, has basically given them nothing. Um, you know, John Hightower is a kid that they drafted. They had some high hopes for. He's a practice squad guy now. Uh, I mean, they had drafted, they had invested all this capital in draft and wide receivers, and none of them was producing. So there was some, some people were sort of rolling their eyes and saying, really, you're going to use the first pick on another wide receiver, given your track record? But they recognized that this guy, he wasn't like the other guys. I mean, this guy came out of college as a very polished product. I mean, he, if anybody that watched him play at Alabama, and we all saw them, they were on TV every week, so you saw it. He was an NFL player before he ever came out of college. I mean, he was, he was a sun he was a Sunday player playing on Saturdays. And if you watched him play, you knew that. So he hit the ground running here in Philadelphia, and he's, you know, and he has really, really added a lot to this passing game. That, combined with the development of Dallas Goddard, is a really good is a really good tight end, who can both yeah. block and catch the, the third yard down pass, and also go down the seam and catch the big play. You know, they've got the makings, not a complete passing game, but they got the makings of a very good one.
0: You know, it's interesting, because, I mean, Alabama's going to play Georgia again on Monday night. People forget that when Tua threw the touchdown pass, it was Devontae Smith that caught it that won right. the game. As a freshman, people seem to forget that. You know what's interesting about him, Ray? National championship game last year, they're playing Ohio State. They kept lining up Smith in the slot. And Ohio State never touched him off the line of scrimmage. Right. Like, you got to jam this guy. Now he gets to the NFL where they got the five-yard contact rule. Ray, that first step off the line of scrimmage, he's so impressive. They still don't get contact with him.
1: No, they don't. And, you know, Steve, that was... You know, I kept telling people. I said, "This kid's a star." I mean, he is. He just yeah. is. I mean, you can just see it. And you know, what everybody was saying was, "No, he's, he's you know, he's 115 pounds." You know, he's. I mean, he's going to come to the NFL, and he's not going to be able to get off the line of scrimmage, and he's going to get he's going to get hurt. And you know, I said, "No, I you know, if you, if you saw him play in college, you know, number one, you, you don't you never lay a glove on him at the line of scrimmage. You don't. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't. You know, NFL NFL defensive backs. Yeah, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're better, but they still haven't had to deal with a guy like this and he's um, and he is so good at getting off the line of scrimmage. And once he gets down the field, the way he can stem around and and create separation, um, I mean you saw that every week in college and he's been able to do the same thing here in the NFL and even though he's you know he is slight, I mean there's no question, but he's not short. I mean he's he's over six feet tall, and he's got long arms, so he's got a he's got a wide catch range, it's more than people think. And you know, he looks skinny. But he's uh, but he's a guy that never takes the the big hit. You know, he's he's always got he's kind of got the the comparison that I make is he reminds me a lot of Marvin Harrison. Yes. In that in in Harrison, you know, he's a smallish kind of guy, but he Mm. never took the big hit. He always kind of knew when to get out of bounds. He always kind of knew when to curl up and get under the under the defender. You know, he he caught the ball and he, he would catch it in traffic from time to time, but he just had that ability to sort of slip and slide and never take the big kill shot. And as a result, I mean, he's you know he's been he's been able to play and and just every week he just seems to get better and you see the the chemistry the rapport which actually these guys played together at Alabama so it's not yeah. like they were starting from nowhere but you see it just getting better and better by the week and you know I I really do believe that uh, that he's he's his career is only going to go up from here
0: and we're seeing the upward trajectory of Goddard at tight end Zach Ertz is now with Arizona what makes Goddard a good NFL tight end in your mind right?
1: Um, he can pretty much do everything you want him to do. Uh, I mean, the, the one quality that nobody talks nearly enough about is his blocking. He's a, really, he's a, really, he's a very good blocker. I mean, part of the reason why uh, this team has been able to run the ball and run it on the edges as well as they have is because Goddard is, is a very effective blocker. Um, so that, that's one part of it. But he's, uh, he, can, you know, he can really run routes. Uh, he's, he's a little Ertz-like in his ability to come off the line of scrimmage and run, and run a really crisp route uh and and ca- and catch the ball, and he's also got deceptive speed i mean for a big man, I mean you look at his average yards per catch it's over fifteen it's almost sixteen yards per catch, which is a lot for a tight end uh so he can so he can go down the seam, he can catch that ball um he can take on single coverage and you know and lose it on a a post corner i mean he can he can run routes like a like a wide receiver. Uh, But he can do the physical dirty work that you need a tight end to do. The only problem with him, and this is just something he's just going to have to work through, is he, he does drop the ball some. I mean, he has, you know, almost every game he's kind of got like one drop that is that you say, oh, geez, there was a big play, you know, I mean, you, if he catches it, it's a big play, so, and it's just a matter of concentration, I mean, sometimes he's just kind of doing what a lot of receivers do, which is kind of looking over his shoulder trying to figure out where he's going to run before he catches the ball, and it clanks off his hands but, you know, once he kind of gets past that and gets, a, and gets into that habit where he just looks the ball into his hands you know, then he's, he's going to be one of the elite guys, I mean, he's close to being that now, but you know, if he just gets those drops out of his game, he's going to be mentioned with the very best, I think.
0: Yeah, that's what it, uh, all those practices I saw with Miles Sanders, he'd yep. have to work through that all the time. All right, so here's the last one I'll ask. The running inside joke that Jack Ham and I have when we were in the practice field is that we'll go over to watch the defense, and Jack will look at me and he'll say, Well, Steve, now this is where the game's won, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh so let's talk about that side of the ball, uh because obviously yeah defense travels, all right, running game travels. Uh, so why have the Eagles played better defense this year?
1: Well, um the run defense is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the average yards they're given up uh, per carry, they're definitely top 10 um over, overall i mean their their defensive ranking is pretty high i mean they're they're a top 10 defense i I'll tell you, Steve. I think that's a little misleading. I don't think they're quite that good. Right. Uh, I, I think that kind of the numbers, when you look at them, you say, "Geez, wow, that's that's an elite defense." But you know, a lot of it is the way things have played out. I mean, the teams that played against, the quarterbacks that played against. Uh, I mean, that you, you can't. When you say that, people say you're being you're you're reaching to criticize and you're being nitpicky, and I I don't really think so. I mean, if you look back over the whole season you know i i've seen what good quarterbacks have done to this defense you know i've seen you know i've seen the Bradys, i've seen the cars i've seen the mahomeses i've seen the Prescotts. i mean those guys were completing 80% literally 80% of their passes exactly. against this defense yes. so i mean have they improved yeah they have improved but not that much and that's you know that's the one sort of pump the brakes thing that i've been saying to the fan base here is that you know okay you've had this really nice run against you know the garrett gilberts and jake jake From's and all of those things but You know, if you're going to go to the postseason, and they are now, you know, you're going to be running up against those good quarterbacks again, and that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, we'll see how they do then. Um, You know, they still, they don't, they're not a particularly good pass rushing team, Um, they're not very high in takeaways. You know, and those are the things that separate teams when you get to the postseason. Those are the things you got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, and you got to win the giveaway/takeaway battle if you want to if you want to advance in the postseason. So, you know, I give them I give them all the credit in the world for overcoming a bad start and getting themselves into the postseason. I mean, that was no small accomplishment. But to get to the postseason and survive, you know, that's going to you know now we're talking about a whole different. Ball game here, and we'll and we'll see. You know, defensively, I just don't know if they're ready to play with the big boys yet.
0: And that's what we're going to find out because the big boys all have quarterbacks. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like when the best quarterback you've beaten so far maybe is Teddy Bridgewater.
1: <sighs> nah, I, I, maybe Matt Ryan.
0: Matt Ryan, okay, yeah. Matt I'll i agree with Matt Ryan. Yeah. I'll yeah, yeah but we're
1: going we're going back to week one and saying that. Yeah. But that's but right. that would but the, I would say that he's probably the best quarterback you've beaten. At right. that and at that point Atlanta was a was a pitiful, sorry excuse for a team. I mean they they really hadn't worked pits into the offense yet and yeah. you know that was that was that was a pretty easy W for them. Uh but yeah, you look at the you look at the quarterbacks they've beaten and it's uh, you know, and it's it's definitely, you know, a bottom tier group. Yeah.
0: Ray, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you very much.
1: (laughs) Always a pleasure, Steve. Talk to you anytime. Take care now. You bet. All right. Uh Bye-bye.